Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. For, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. If you've been going through the Bible with us verse by verse in Romans chapter 2, you'll notice this is a pretty abrupt statement that Paul, under the Holy Spirit's inspiration, kind of inserts here at the end of verse number 2. Well, the Jews, they held circumcision in a very, very high regard. And Paul, what he's been doing is he's been systematically knocking down every excuse that they would have to justify themselves before God. And now he's going to park on their circumcision. I mean, that just lit those Jews up. They held that in so high regard and in such high regard. There's a couple of reasons that we're going to notice from the Bible why circumcision profits no one. Number one, look at verse 23. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. They broke the law, even with circumcision, they didn't honor God. That that doesn't profit them anyone. Look at verse number 24. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. Why doesn't circumcision have any any profit? Because you're blaspheming God. This message this morning is is going to be about behavior, conduct, character. Not what you do, how you live. Look at verse number 26. The Bible says, therefore... If the uncircumcision, who would that be? That would be not a Jew. Keep the righteousness of the law. Shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? (laughs) The other reason circumcision doesn't merit them anything is because, look, the whole idea of a Jew being circumcised, this cutting away, this separated unto God, was so that they would live right. Not so that they can live wrong. And that's exactly what they were doing. Circumcision for a Jew plus wrong living, Paul's bringing out to them, you fellows are as good as uncircumcised. But uncircumcised, not a Jew, and you're living right? That equals, well, who would you rather be around? We live in a day today where the word Christian means nothing. Because people throw it around, but they don't want to live like a Christian. They want all the benefits that God offers them, but they don't want to live They don't want to stand for anything that's right, let alone live right. Watch what the Bible says in verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision, 
which is by nature man's natural condition before he has any Jewish law, before he has any religious rituals or rites by nature, is to fulfill the law. Well, how do you do that? If you're an uncircumcised Gentile and you're doing right, you're fulfilling the law. Rather than someone who brags in their circumcision, but isn't doing right. They've not fulfilled the law. So Paul, this is personal. Thou art a Jew, but you guys ain't Jews. Matter of fact, those Gentiles that you make fun of, those, those heathen dogs that you, you, you just despise so much. They're circumcised, you're not. Why? Because they're living better than you're living. And it just put those Jews through the roof with anger. They reveled in their self-righteousness and the fact that they were circumcised. What? Look at verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee. You ever have that point in your life where something in God's word just stands out to you and then all of a sudden you start living different and it condemns someone else? <laughs> they get upset at you. Why? Because your life, what you are doing or what you are now not doing, convicts and condemns them. That's the point of this passage. I got saved and all of a sudden I didn't have a desire to go to the places that I used to go to. And my friends would say, well, why don't you want to go there? What are you better than us? Me making a decision to not be involved in something that's wrong condemns them. It's the same thing that's happening in Romans 2 when Paul is trying to point it out with the Jews. Your right living condemns those that aren't living right and they can call you any name that they want they can call you a legalist they can say you're narrow-minded they can say what are you better than me the bottom line is god wants us as christians to live right if you're a parent and you're raising kids do you want your kids to live right sure you do sure you do god wants his children to live for him it's about behavior Right behavior consistently condemns the other person. And Paul's pointing this out to the Jews. You fellows need to look over here. And it condemned them. God is bringing in both the Jew and the Gentile. He's bringing them both in and they're guilty before God. But I'm telling you, we are living in a day. In a day where barnyard animals know how to live more right than people do. Honestly, go down to a farm. Our, our chickens have no, they know what a woman is, okay? The, the Rudy the rooster knows exactly who Rhonda the hen is, okay? 
they, 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 none of them have biology degrees. <laughs> what is a woman? And you can't answer that. You know what that is? That's just evil. And when that question gets brought up and asked to somebody, they're convicted. They don't want to hear. Well, I'm not a biologist. Okay. Living, thinking, and behaving any way we want is not pleasing in God's sight. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? Behavior matters. Young people, listen up. Your character matters. Your conduct matters. Your behavior matters. Adults and older folks alike, myself included, our behavior matters. Our children are watching. Our grandchildren are watching. The community is watching. They're fine with their kids talking back. They're fine with their kids going out and, 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 and drinking and, hey, there's nothing wrong with it. They just know that Christians' kids shouldn't talk like that. They just know that Christians shouldn't go there. I'm telling you, this world, the wisdom of this world, wants to point out what's wrong in the Christian's life. You live right, your behavior will convict them. It won't get them saved, but it will give you a fair hearing when it comes time for you to talk to them about eternal things. We were at this festival all day yesterday. And if somebody came up to me and recognized me as the preacher and said, hey, I just seen you at the, at the dance hall last night. What are you doing? That man or that woman that might have given me a hearing about the gospel would have written me off. Why? Because of my character, because of my conduct, because of my behavior. We're all going to make mistakes. But don't use as an excuse to go ahead and make mistakes. Right? Well, we're all sinners. Quit with that. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. And quit living for yourself. Live for God. Behave like a Christian. Or we just turn into a Pharisaical Jew, which Paul's trying to point out. You guys got to get some. You guys got to get some things right. Our behavior matters. You ever think like this? I mean, I've done it. We selfishly look at our own devotion to God. But God, I had this trial. God, we entered into this season of poverty. God, we have to go through this type of persecution. And God, look at all these ungodly people that aren't even Christians and aren't doing anything. They've got wealth. They've got health. They've got prosperity. I mean, come on, God. You know what the solution is for that? To quit. 
and look at the end. Christians are professional travelers. And when people travel, all they do is complain about the roadblocks. Well, there's traffic here. Oh, well, there's an accident here. I got to reroute, and that's going to cost me some more time. People travel and they complain. That's the Christ, That's what Christians do nowadays. That's our problem. We're just travelers. And we forget that there's a destination. I'm telling you, we got to get hold of the destination, not the travel. You're going to hit traffic. You're going to hit a roadblock. You're going to hit some persecution. Deal with it. Under God's Holy Spirit and his guidance and his power, get your eyes on the prize. Get your eyes on the destination. Pilgrim Baptist Church. A pilgrim isn't a wanderer. He's just traveling around with no just destination or direction. We have an eternal home. We have a destination that we're going to. And we have to keep our eyes on the prize or we're going to go home and just complain. Don't be a professional traveler. Be someone that's got your eyes on the destination, on the destination. That's the solution. Why does God allow you to go through uh, trials? Growth. And it melts silver to bring out the dross. You know what he wants to do? Bring out the dross of your life. All the dirt, all the stuff that's holding you back. Uh, may I say to you, all of your, all of my selfish interests. So that the end is for the glory of God. What are you living your life for? Your own selfish interests? Or for God's glory. Why are you raising your kids? For your own selfish interests? Or for God's glory? Why are you married? Is your spouse for your own selfish interests? Or is it to glorify God? Every area of our life, we need to look at the end. We need to have an eternal perspective. There's a destination. We live, it should be for God's glory. We need to stop being travelers. Well, my husband. Well, my wife. Well, my kids. Well, my parents. Well, well, well. Welcome to life. Welcome to living with sinners. We've got a destination. Let's get our eyes on that. Let's allow God to get the glory. And so for the Jews in Romans 2, the Jews had the law, the Jews had tradition, the Jews had circumcision. And none of it amounted to anything because they still needed God because they just have a failing career as law keepers. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if you save this morning, you will have a failing career as a Christian unless you start tapping into that Holy Spirit, which you got a hundred, you got a full tank when you got saved. But somehow we put a little valve or blocker in the tank. And we only kind of tap into maybe 2%, maybe 25% on Sunday. And I'm telling you, you got a full tank of Holy Spirit. Get a hold of it. Get a hold of it.
going to help you. It'll help me. But the Jews had a failing career as law keepers. Uh, look at back. Uh, let's look at the next verse, if you would. Watch what the Bible says in verse 28. Paul tells them two things. It's pretty rough. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Paul tells them, look, you guys aren't circumcised. Well, wait a minute. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. You got the mark of separation, but you don't live like it. It really makes you uncircumcised. And the second thing he tells them, look, you fellows aren't circumcised. Then he says, you aren't even Jews. What? If you really wanted to be separated from God, your heart condition would be different. You'd live different. Are you saved this morning? Your heart should desire to want to live more for God. Can anybody tell me why a missionary family would stay in Ukraine? Can anybody tell me why a missionary family in Ukraine would want to hide refugees in the church basement? A heart's desire for those people to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And if they're focused on trials, which they're going through, if they're focused on persecution, which they're going through, The whole thing will sink. But if they've got their eyes on the prize, if they've got their eyes on the destination, God will use those missionaries. Now, how about you? I'm not asking you to go to Ukraine. I'm not asking you to go anywhere but your own heart right now. Before God, are your motives pure? Is your heart's desire to want to live with some eternal perspective? I'm telling you, we all can get some help from that. That's the only thing that really matters. And I don't say that like it's a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. I'm so sick of the world. I'm so sick of the world. I don't want to be bitter at people. I don't want to be bitter, miserable. I've got the joy of the Lord. But I'm just so sick of it. And I pray that each day, each week, each month, year after year, we get more sick and tired of this old world, want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, because he offers life so much more abundantly. Spiritually abundance. You'll have real joy, real peace, real happiness. That anxiety and that stress goes away because you're always getting tugged to do this. You're always getting tugged to do that. I have a commitment here. We invest not two hours a week in athletics anymore. It's 20 hours a week. It's a part-time job for some parents to get their kids on the the stage of the podium to get the recognition that they 
not saying competition isn't good. I'm not saying not to try to strive for things and do better in life. All I'm saying is if it's 45 minutes on a Sunday morning and we call that service because the sign says Sunday service, you ain't serving. I'm not trying to be mean. You're being served. How about serving Christ? One person today, one person. Just find one person. And say, hey, you got two minutes. Can I can I take two minutes of your time and tell you what Jesus Christ did for me? Just give me a testimony. Live. Behave like a Christian. Don't try to wear the button or the badge like a Jew would wear, would, would wear the seal of the circumcision. And then not behave like you ought to behave. The Bible says in verse number 29, watch this. This is the last verse of the chapter. And Paul, the Holy Spirit's inspiration says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. Back in Psalms, the Bible says, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. He's talking about inward, like we've been discussing throughout this message. If you would, uh, turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter number three. I'd like you to show, I'd like to show you something here. Watch Philippians chapter number three. Watch this. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, verse one, Philippians three. Write the same things to you. To me, indeed, it's not grievous, but for you it is safe. Look at verse 2. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Do you know the word circumcision? Like we said early in the message, it was held in very, very high regard for a Jew. Paul doesn't use the word circumcision here. You know what Paul says? He says, the concision. You want to make sure you have concision in your Bible. The NIV, the ESV, the NASB, the New uh, King James, they all take out the word concision, and it's typically replaced with mutilated or mutilates. To mutilate means to cut off any part. That's a pretty broad word to determine a cutting off. You know what circumcision is? It's a very specific cutting off. It's a very specific putting away. The Holy Spirit uses the word concision because it's a contemptuous term for the word circumcision. He's insulting them. That word circumcision is so high regard for a Jew. You and I can't understand that. Well, we could if we were brought up Jewish. Concision is specifically used to diminish the honor of circumcision. And they thought it was an honor that God would regard them so high because they had the circumcision. And those Gentiles done. You know what Paul says? It's, you're, you're of the concision. It's a, way to, it's a way to say the word in contempt. And he's saying, you fellows are in contempt. It's not honorable. It's dishonorable, your concision. 
He mocks them. He contempts them with the word. Look at verse number three, and we find in Philippians 3, verse 3, where, uh, where true circumcision can be found. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. If you're a Jew, Paul tells them, and you want an advantage, stop bragging on your physical Jewish lineage and stop bragging on your physical circumcision. If you want an advantage, get in on the spiritual advantage. Because that puts us all on equal playing ground. What's the solution? Romans 2, look at it. The solution is inwardly circumcision of, what does it say in verse 29? Is that of the heart in the spirit. It's not of the flesh. It's not of the flesh. Watch what else it says at the end. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. This world wants praise of man. We have Abraham as our father. That's what the Jews said. In Matthew chapter 6, they want to give alms. So they want to give money to the poor. They want to give food to the poor. Uh, they want to do that in their synagogues and their streets. And so you know what they do? They bring out that big old trumpet. Ba, 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 ba. Here we are. We have Abraham as our father, but we want to get some praise of men. So let's sound the trumpet because we got some food for y'all. Who is that about? It was about them getting praise from man. It wasn't about their motive wanting to help. They wanted praise. They would be completely honest with themselves. They would be completely compassionate with themselves. And they'd be happy to give directions to a Jew. Oh, are you a Jew? No. Uh, you know, I don't really know how to get there. Are you a Jew? Yeah. Well, what you do is you make a left at the light, go down two blocks, and you'll be there. They're fine with their own. And if they were going to do something good for you, let's sound that trumpet. Because we want everybody in town to know we're we are doing something good. God hates that stuff. He hates it. It's time to pray. Now, let me ask you something. Is it wrong to have Abraham as your father? No. Is it wrong to give alms? No. The point of those passages isn't Jesus showing us that it's wrong to give alms. When they wanted to pray, would, would we all agree here this morning that the Lord would want us to pray? There's nothing wrong with it. There isn't even anything wrong with praying on the street corner. I've prayed with people on the street corner. In Matthew 6, you know what the problem is? Their motive was, look, here we are. Look at us praying. You see how good we are? And God hates that stuff. They're going to live in their own isolated little community. They're going to shut themselves into this real rigid form of godliness. Oh, boy. But if they want some praise of men, they want some hand claps. Let's go on the street, boys. Let's start praying. They didn't care about those people. All they wanted was praise. 
praise. Praise. You young people, pay attention. This world will give you more allures than you can shake a stick at. And you need, to, you need to be careful of false praise. People will offer you recognition. People will offer you money. People will offer you prestige. People will offer you applause. And it's like a drug. It's like a drug. You get one hit of that drug, you're going to want another hit. I'm not talking about not saying good job to the kids, giving them a fist bump and a high five and giving, you know, Miss Chrissy with the Sunday school going to reward the kids. I'm not talking about that. You know, they get candy or fishies or none of them eat lunch because they're all stuffed up with fishies and uh, animal crackers because of Sunday school, you know, and all that. I'm not talking about, look, all that's fine. It's the motive. It's the motive. So they take some star athletes in high school and they say, we'll throw a bunch of money at you. We'll give you a free education. And they throw a football. And at the end of at the end of that, they say, look, we'll throw some more money at you. Forget about using your degree, which we gave to you. We had someone take the test for you. We're going to throw at you a couple million bucks. And all you have to do is put your Bible away. Be quiet about all that stuff and come and play for us on Sunday. I'm going to give you a million dollars. And that's the deal. No church, no Bible, no Christian friends. And don't you dare say anything about Jesus. You in? I hope not. I hope not. How many of you know what the right answer is, but you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking? Until it's in front of you, you don't know what you're going to do, do you? about 10 million every you'll have a whole stadium cheering for you mamas mamas you'll be able to sit with all your girlfriends around the tv and say that's my boy that's my little boy and all you got to do is not go to church on sunday all you got to do is not have christian friends You'll get applause. You'll get praise of men. People will want your autograph. People will want to hang around with you. Because you've got some recognition and praise of men. I'm telling you, you got to be careful of that drug. you got to be careful of it. This last verse should be a, a wake-up call for all of us. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. I want God saying, well done. Faithful servant. I want God to be pleased. I want to be around Christians that can tell me to do more for God, not less for God. To put more time into things of eternity, not less.
a quick pep talk, some guy sitting on a stool with some moose in his hair and a, and a laptop and, you know, some silly jokes to tell and everybody's in and bring 5,000 in a, in a day. Don't worry, we'll get you out in time so you don't miss any of your football games. And then when they pray, go to Luke 18. Luke chapter 18. Luke 18, verse number 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Well, aren't you special? And that guy's not thanking God. He's going before God saying, look at me. God, aren't I so wonderful? I mean, God, look at me. I, I'm not as these unjust people. Shouldn't you just rain your blessings with... Everybody should know about me. That's their heart desire. I'm telling you, we got to get as low as we can get. And then when we get that low, get a little bit lower in humility and just thank God that he saved our souls. He rebukes them. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. How about some mercy on some people? These ought yet have done. And not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides would strain a gnat and swallow a camel. That old Matthew 23, he just woes them to death. Luke 18, they're praying not to thank God. For a Jew, his whole life is shattered. When Paul points out, or anyone would point out, that his circumcision and his national descent merit him no special favor with God. It's about character. It's about conduct. It's about behavior. And it just put the Jews through the roof. This problem shows up so. It manifests itself in so many ways nowadays. If you haven't figured out already, we're very strong on local church, meaning we believe that people that are saved, yes, they're all part of the universal church. We're all part of the same body. Those missionaries in Ukraine are part of the same body of Christ that we are all around the world. But you know what God also said? You know what we see all through the book of Acts? People are gathering together in local churches, local communities, and they're serving and gathering and building relationships with other believers. And you know how we can ruin the whole thing? We can ruin the whole thing by acting like what Paul is rebuking these Jews for at the end of chapter number two. I am not as. 
well, I would never send my child to public school. Well, good for you. Aren't you super spiritual? Why would you get self-righteous about the fact that you homeschool your children? I made a decision to homeschool. I have an opinion about it. I have some strong convictions about it. But why would I act like a Jew and act like I'm some type of spiritual giant because I made a different decision than another parent? Maybe they don't have the means to do it. Maybe there's something going on in their life where they can't do it. Or maybe they just don't agree with you. You can't knock on a door with them. You can't tell somebody about Jesus with them. You can't take them out to lunch because ooh, they might infect your children. No, you're the infection. You're the Jew. You're the self-righteous one. When you're too good to be able to fellowship with anybody, you're the problem. You're the Jew. You're of the concision. Well, we're just trying to protect our... No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going out in the street corner trying to pray so everybody sees you. Everybody see what we're saying? You all want to live right, behave right? I do. But we need to be careful also of getting so high on our horse that we just look down on everybody else. Everybody is going to grow at different rates. I can't believe that someone would get saved and they'd never give out a gospel tract. But I am praising God when the Lord touches someone's heart and they get on fire for God and they hand their first gospel track out after being saved for 20 years. Why not rejoice in that? I'm telling you, you want to grow in the Lord? This is the place to be. Why? Because we're so spiritual? No, because we ain't that spiritual. We're all trying to lean on God and we're all trying to struggle through this thing together and have our eyes on the prize, not focusing on, well, trial here, roadblock here, traffic here. Get used to traffic. It's going to happen in the Christian life. God is not indebted to man. Man is indebted to God. The Bible says in Galatians 2, I do not frustrate the grace of God. We do that. When we hold on to our whatever our circumcision is that we're going to feel is making us self-righteous. Bible says, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ died in vain. God is not giving salvation out because he's somehow indebted to you. God is not giving salvation out because you were a good little law keeper. Because you could say you've earned it and then Christ died what? In vain. He made a one-time sacrifice. You are either accepted by God through faith in his finished work and you are indebted to him or you have not accepted that one-time sacrifice and you're lost. And you're going to go to God and you might not say, God, I'm circumcised. I'm righteous. God, I am. Have Abraham is my father and I'm righteous. You're going to say something else. 
to try to merit righteousness with God. And on the day of judgment, it's going to be too late. Why not get that thing settled this morning? Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.